back to the History for Atheists podcast. I'm Tim O'Neill, and I'm the author of the History for Atheists blog, where I analyse some of the things many of my fellow atheists get wrong about history in general, and the history of religion in particular. If you're an atheist, or just someone interested in common misconceptions and myths about history, this podcast is for you. Hello and welcome back to History for Atheists. One of the downsides of social media is the tendency for misinformation to circulate in the form of memes. And unfortunately, there are some atheist accounts on Twitter, Reddit and Facebook whose content consists almost entirely of shared anti-religious memes. These are usually quotes about religion or damning claims about religious belief, but they often also include historical claims including many of the ones that I debunk here on History for Atheists. Among these are memes claiming that the Black Death was caused by a wholesale massacre of cats in the Middle Ages, causing the proliferation of rats and so the devastating death toll in the pandemic of the 1340s. One popular meme on this subject claims the Black Plague, which claimed many millions of lives in Europe in the 14th century, was caused initially by infected fleas on rats and other rodents. As more and more people fell ill and died, the church began preaching that the epidemic was surely God's wrath for man's sinful ways. Mass pogroms of foreigners, Jews and witches began as a means to placate God's distress. Many communities began murdering cats because of their association with witches. Without the cats to keep the rats in check, the plague went on for seven years. The church helped to wipe out 60% of the population of Europe. And anyone who tried to fact-check this and similar atheist memes would find hundreds of online pop history articles with titles like Cats and the Black Plague and When Pope Gregory IX Declared War on Cats or That One Time the Pope Banned Cats and It Caused the Black Plague that all seem to confirm the claim made in these memes and go into more detail, blaming the massacre of cats in the Middle Ages on the papal bull called Vox in Rama, issued by Gregory IX in 1233. Others say that Pope Innocent VIII excommunicated all cats in 1484, declaring that the cat is the devil's favourite animal and idol of all witches. Recently, a documentary called Inside the Mind of a Cat was trending on Netflix. This examines the biological basis for the behaviour of domestic cats, but it also gives a potted history of the relationship between cats and humans. This includes extracts from an interview with Dr. Eva-Marie Geigel of the Institut Jacques Monod in Paris, where she speaks with great assurance about how the medieval church targeted female healers, accusing them of witchcraft. Cats in the Middle Ages were associated to witches. Witches were actually intelligent women, wise women who knew a lot about nature. These wise women knew that keeping the house clean would keep you healthy. So they cleaned the house with a broom and they had cats to get rid of rodents. There came the time when the church dominated by males, considered them to be a danger. 
So the church tried to get rid of them. The documentary then asserts that a papal inquisition declared by Pope Gregory IX meant Europe's cat population was decimated and claims some believe this may have contributed to the Black Plague. Geigel then continues. Black Death, the, the plague, was uh, transmitted by rodents, by fleas actually, and the fleas were in the fur of the rodents. And then the narration says solemnly, with fewer cats, the plague was out of control. So a casual viewer or reader might feel satisfied that the memes are accurate. After all, here are multiple online articles giving details about this claim, with citations of a papal bull and a quote from another pope, and we even have an academic in a documentary making the same claim. Except a slightly more sceptical inquirer might dig a little deeper and find things are not quite so simple. To begin with, they would discover that Dr. Eva-Marie Geigel is a scientist and not a historian, and an expert in paleogenetics, not medieval church history. They could then ponder why she is being held up as some kind of authority on history and whether what she claims is reliable. They might also notice that the online pop history articles don't actually quote from this papal bull of 1233 to show it ordered some massacre of cats or give a citation for the quote from Pope Innocent VIII, nor do any of them quote any accounts detailing this massacre of cats or references to cats being killed en masse in the period before the pandemic of the 1340s. A properly sceptical sceptic could notice all these things and begin to wonder, is this story true? And the answer is, no, it isn't. It's total garbage. Let's take the claims made in the meme noted above in turn. Its first paragraph is more or less correct, but it uses the term that seems popular in the United States, the Black Plague, which historians more usually refer to as the Black Death, though at the time it was referred to simply as the pestilence, the dying, or the great dying. It certainly did cause the deaths of millions in Europe, though it began in Central Asia and spread into Europe and into the Middle East and North Africa, where it caused similar levels of devastation. Whether it was one disease or several is still a matter of debate, and it's possible that it was actually a triple pandemic of bubonic, septicemic, and pneumonic plague. Recent DNA testing of victims' remains from plague pits certainly make it clear that forms of the plague, the Eosinopestis bacterium, were the key pathogens involved. Plague in its various forms can spread in a number of ways, with pneumonic plague spreading person-to-person via airborne bacteria and septicemic plague spreading that way or via bites from vermin such as fleas. Bubonic plague is certainly spread via animal vectors of this kind, so rats and other rodents spreading fleas would definitely have been a major factor in the spread of the pandemic. But so would other flea host animals, including dogs and, actually, cats. Whatever the causes of the disease's spread, the reason for the high mortality rate was fairly simple, a general lack of any natural immunity in the population of Europe. Despite the popular perception of plague being a normal part of life during the Middle Ages, the era was actually marked by a centuries-long period where the disease was not seen at all. After the major epidemic of bubonic plague in the 6th century and some recurrences of plague in the centuries immediately after, there don't seem to have been any such plague epidemics until the visitation of the Black Death in the late 1340s. 
Most of the medieval period was entirely free of plague and, as a result, few Europeans had any natural immunity when the 1340s pandemic hit. The plague revisited Europe periodically from the 1340s onward, usually at generational intervals, and then the 1660s saw another major outbreak. But increased levels of immunity meant these revisitations were not as devastating as the great dying of the 1340s. Obviously, no one had any clear idea of what caused the disease, and the church certainly did attribute it to the wrath of God, the way natural disasters were then and often still are to this day. This did not mean there was no attempt at natural explanations for the disease by churchmen and scholars, who accepted that while it may be a manifestation of divine displeasure, it was still a natural phenomenon. In the absence of any understanding of germ theory, they fell back on the ancient Greek idea of miasmas, or bad air, as the cause. While this was wrong, it resulted in the practices of quarantining victims and disposing of the dead bodies quickly, even burning them en masse despite religious taboos about cremation, all of which went some way towards containing the disease. But as with any such epidemic in the pre-modern world, there was little else anyone could do other than let the disease run its course. The overall death toll is not clear, with modern estimates ranging from 45% of the population of Europe up to the 60% claimed in the meme. The final toll varied from region to region, with some isolated places being untouched, while in other areas whole villages were depopulated and abandoned completely. Large centres, which were also hubs for trade, seem to have been hardest hit, and cities such as London, Bremen, Milan and Florence certainly saw high death rates of up to 60% or more. It's important to note that Europe did not see higher casualties than other parts of Eurasia, and cities in the Middle East such as Cairo and Damascus saw similar mortality rates. Not surprisingly, there were many extreme reactions to the not inconsiderable shock of up to 60% of the population suddenly dying over the course of one summer. Later moralists claimed that the survivors and their descendants adopted levels of decadence and pleasure-seeking unknown before the great dying. The later 14th century saw fashions for tight clothing for women, short gowns and tight hose for men, new styles of music and dances, and a general appetite for a good time that may have been a reaction to the plague, though it's hard to tell this really was some kind of swinging 1360s or just old moralists referring to some mythical previously moral time the way old moralists always do. What is clear is that there was a definite religious reaction to the shock of the epidemic. Devotions focused on the suffering of Jesus became much more popular in the mid-14th century onwards, and depictions of the crucifixion became increasingly focused on both Jesus as a human being and on the gore and pain of the process of his execution. Images of death became increasingly commonplace, with memento mori, reminders of death, a theme in much popular religious art and literature. The popular story of three young men who meet three images of themselves in various stages of decay appears across Europe, and effigies on tombs were increasingly accompanied by images of skulls or even second effigies showing the deceased decayed and rotting. The theme of the danse macabre, a dance with death that would inevitably include everyone from the Pope and Emperor down to the lowest peasant, appeared in art, literature and songs. More extreme reactions included the revival of flagellant processions, movements of penitents who engaged in public displays of penance, including whipping themselves and each other, had been appearing periodically in Western Europe since the 11th century, but we see several very popular manifestations of flagellants in the wake of the plague. 
In some places, these were spontaneous one-off acts of faith, but in Germany and the Low Countries, they turned into a genuine movement that paraded from town to town and even went as far afield as England, where they didn't receive a great reception. As this movement became more organised and took on more of a defiant, political, apocalyptic and anti-establishment tone, the Church became less enthusiastic about it, and Pope Clement VI issued a bull condemning flagellants in 1349, which later popes reissued when the movement emerged again later in the century. The most extreme reaction to the plague was seeking out and persecuting scapegoats. Medical wisdom of the time traced the plague correctly to an outbreak in Central Asia, which had spread via trade routes and attributed it incorrectly to a combination of bad air and astrological alignments. But many people wanted someone local and immediate to blame and punish, and some soon found culprits, predictably enough, among marginalised groups. Lepers, or really anyone with any obvious skin condition, including paralysis or even chronic eczema, were among the first victims of lynchings and pogroms. But anyone seen as an outsider were sometimes caught up in a frenzy of revenge, so foreigners, travelling friars and preachers, Romani people and religious pilgrims were all blamed and in many cases persecuted, beaten or killed. The group most often scapegoated were Western Europe's Jews, given that they were a separate non-Christian community that was very easily identified. Pogroms against Jews broke out mainly in the Rhineland in Germany, which had seen large-scale murders of Jews in earlier manifestations of mass hysteria, such as the beginning of the First Crusade in the 1090s. So hundreds of Jews were massacred or burned alive in Strasbourg in 1349, but there were similar pogroms elsewhere in Europe, including Toulon in France and Barcelona in Spain. Of course, the meme above is keen to blame the church for these massacres, but actually the church spoke out quite strongly against them and instructed local authorities to suppress them. Pope Clement VI again issued two papal bulls, first on July 6, 1348, and another on 26 September 1348, condemning the pogroms and forbidding the persecution of Jews. Modern Jewish accounts often claim that Jews were targeted because they had better hygiene than their Christian neighbours, and so suffered much lower mortality in the epidemic. But this seems to be based largely on modern misconceptions about medieval hygiene. Contrary to popular belief, all medieval people washed their hands before meals, washed and bathed regularly, if not daily, and washed dead bodies before burial. So these practices were not unique to medieval Jews. Clement VI's first bull also counters any claims that Jews could have been held responsible for the plague by noting that the Jews were dying as rapidly as everyone else, which indicates that the Jews did not have some kind of lower mortality rate anyway. So the memes claim that certain people were targeted as scapegoats is correct, but the implication that this was due to encouragement by the church is not. However, it should be noticed that one group that is missing from the accounts of victims of these revenge attacks is witches. As already mentioned, the claim that witches, along with their cats, were persecuted in the Middle Ages and that this was associated with the Black Death is very common in popular culture. Dr. Geigel makes this claim in the documentary noted above. No lesser figure than astrophysicist and science educator Neil deGrasse Tyson makes a similar claim in a podcast interview. We would later learn that many of the plagues uh-huh. uh, were from a flea. So the flea would get infected 
and would bite you and you'd get the plague. Okay. Okay. The plagues have killed more people than practically any, more than wars. Okay. Oh, wow. All right. So now watch what happens. Where did the fleas come from? We would later learn they came from rats and mice. So if your house had rats or mice, and mice were common. Look at old Renaissance paintings. There's mice in the corners of the paintings. It's yeah, really funny huh? just to see this. All right, so now watch. If you owned a cat, you didn't have mice. So you didn't get the plague. You didn't get the plague. No, wait a minute. Who owned cats? Well, there are many women that owned cats. So women didn't get the plague, and they were therefore sorcerers. They and were witches. Damn, witches, and some of them are. And and you still associate a cat with a witch. Yeah. To this day, to this day. Unfortunately, like Geigel, Tyson is not a historian, and he's also a repeat offender when it comes to badly misrepresenting history, particularly medieval history. Once again, the lesson here is to not get your understanding of history from scientists however confident their declarations. Contrary to the claims of these non-historians, depictions by Hollywood and widespread popular belief, the idea that alleged witches were regularly victimised by the church in the medieval period is largely incorrect. The heyday of the witch craze came much later, with its peak in the 16th and 17th centuries. The position of the church for most of the Middle Ages, on the other hand, was that witches did not exist, and even that it was sinful to claim that they did. This changed in the last two centuries of the Middle Ages, but this change seems to have been, at least in part, a reaction to the Black Death and only came much later in the 14th century. Fear of supposed witches does not manifest itself in any substantial way until long after the plague of the 1340s, and there is no official church acceptance of the existence of witches until 1484. So while there's plenty of evidence for pogroms against Jews in the wake of the plague and clear evidence of revenge against other marginalised groups, there is no evidence at all that witches were blamed. Which brings us to the claim about massacres of cats. I'm sure Dr Geigel, who speaks with such confidence about witches and cats and the Black Death in that Netflix documentary, is an excellent geneticist. But her claims about witches being persecuted in the period before the Black Death are complete nonsense, as is all her stuff about these imagined witches being wise women because they kept cats and knew how to use a broom. Both cats and brooms were pretty widespread in medieval Europe and not confined to fantasy fiction healers in the woods, despite Dr. Geigel's assurances on the matter. So the story that the stupid medieval people at the instigation of their even more stupid clergy killed thousands of cats and so died in even greater numbers during the epidemic as a result is popular and widespread. As already noted, a quick Google on the relevant keywords will turn up a plethora of articles of the strange true facts about history clickbait variety that repeat the story that a pope declared cats were evil, persecuted cat-owning wise women, and so caused the Black Death. These articles are marked by a total lack of any reference to source material substantiating the claims about a general medieval massacre of cats a lack of any references to historical analysis of the Black Death, or if I have any references to the latter, a lack of any such references that actually mention any massacre of cats. Why? Because it didn't happen. The whole story is one of those pseudo-historical urban myths that keeps getting repeated despite the fact it's complete nonsense, and it gets repeated because it feels right to many people. It makes our ancestors look stupid, and so makes us feel smart. It blames the medieval church for something that popular culture says is the kind of thing that the medieval church would do. And it's a nice story with an ironic ending. 
So no one actually bothers to check on one rather important element. Is it actually true? The few versions of this story that bother to give anything like some substantiation to the claim say that cats were declared servants of evil by Pope Gregory IX in 1233, or even that he declared that they should all be killed. That sounds highly specific and substantial, though some might notice that 1233 is over a century before the first appearance of the Black Death in 1347, and wonder why it took this long for any supposed cat massacre to cause the plague. Other versions of the story say the antipathy towards cats began with Gregory IX's papal bull and then grew until the lack of cats in Europe made the plague particularly catastrophic. But did Gregory IX declare all cats evil and order their destruction? Well, actually, no. The 1233 reference seems to be to Gregory's papal bull, Vox in Rama, issued in that year, which addressed an alleged outbreak of devil worship in a part of Germany. This bull gives a description of the ceremonies of this group of Luciferians, which includes many standard tropes found in lurid medieval ideas about heretical practices. This involved visions of a giant toad, initiates kissing an emaciated pale man, and then finally a statue of a black cat coming to life and speaking with the initiates. Nowhere does the bull associate this diabolical cat with cats generally, condemn all cats, or call for their slaughter. The bull was also a fairly obscure document because it was not some Europe-wide declaration to be applied to all Christendom, but a declaration about a local issue in a specific region of Germany, and only issued there. Almost no one outside that specific region is likely to have even heard of this bull. So the idea it somehow inspired a continent-wide massacre of cats is even more absurd. Finally, the pandemic of the 1340s originated in Central Asia and spread to Europe via trade routes. Those trade routes also took it to Asia Minor, the Middle East, and North Africa. As already mentioned, it was just as devastating there as it was in Europe. Those regions paid no attention to any declaration by popes. They were ruled by the Byzantine Orthodox Christian Emperor or various Muslim caliphs and sultans. So why did these regions suffer as badly as Europe if they saw no alleged papally ordered cat massacre? The whole claim makes no sense on several levels. This is why the articles that claim this cat massacre occurred never actually give any sources that describe it or quote any account of people killing cats at all, either on the order of the Pope or because of some widespread persecution of supposed witches, because this simply didn't happen. It's a myth. So where did this myth begin? Well, unlike many of the bad history myths perpetuated by some atheists, this one didn't come from a 17th century Puritan, an 18th century antiquarian, or a 19th century polemicist. It seems that this one can be traced to a single book published in 1999. The few online articles that cite anyone at all usually refer to this one book, Classical Cats, The Rise and Fall of the Sacred Cat by Donald W. Engels. The idea that the medieval church didn't like cats, associated them with Satan and witchcraft, and killed them as part of some medieval version of the witch craze has always been around in neo-pagan, New Age and Wiccan circles since at least the 1960s. But Engels' book seems to be the point of origin for the full-blown version of this myth. At first glance, this book may seem fairly reliable. Engels appears to have been a legitimate scholar of ancient history and who was Associate Professor of History at the University of Kansas at Fayetteville. 
He published two well-regarded scholarly monographs, Alexander the Great and the Logistics of the Macedonian Army, published by University of California Press in 1980, and Roman Corinth, an alternative model for the classical city, which was published by the University of Chicago Press in 1990. But I can find no current information on him, and I suspect his classical cats book was a retirement project. That book is not peer-reviewed and is published by a popular imprint, not an academic press. But it looks suitably scholarly and authoritative at first glance, with lots of endnotes, a bibliography, three appendices, and all the appearance of a reliable work by a sober and well-informed scholar. Except it isn't. It's certainly clear from the book that Engels likes cats, but it's also very clear that Engels does not like Christianity or the Middle Ages. Perhaps the sections of his book on Egypt, Greece and Rome are highly accurate, but his final chapters on the medieval period are absolute laughable nonsense. In the book's final chapters, he presents a bizarre caricature of the Middle Ages, complete with all the usual myths about the period beloved by anti-theistic polemicists. So he blames the Justinian plague of 541-49 on a decline in bathing and hygiene caused by Christianity. How he explains why there were hundreds of well-utilised public baths across the Byzantine Empire and also in North Africa, Italy and Spain, I have no idea because he doesn't bother to back up this claim with anything other than some cherry-picked quotes from ascetic monks and also lots of assertions. Of course, those ascetic monks also advise against having sex, eating tasty food or drinking wine, but this doesn't mean people were not doing those things. Quite the opposite, since avoiding the enjoyable things that most people do do is kind of the point of being an ascetic monk. Engels also fails to explain how the plague could have been caused by this Christian asceticism, and yet it also devastated the non-Christian Sasanian Persian Empire at around the same time. He then tries to explain why bubonic plague then seems to have spared Christian Europe for the next 500 years or so until the 14th century, despite medieval Europeans apparently being filthy and unwashed in this whole period. He seems to think it's because all the rats died in this intervening period and weren't reintroduced to Western Europe until the 10th century, but doesn't explain the absence of plague for a further 400 years after that. Basically, nothing Engels says on these matters makes the slightest bit of sense and seems to be driven by his cartoonish biases against the Middle Ages and Christianity. As a result of those biases, there's barely a myth about the medieval period that Engels doesn't love. He describes a weird version of medieval Europe that seems based on the long-debunked claims of Margaret Murray in her 1922 book, The Witch Cult in Western Europe. According to Murray, the witch craze was a campaign to eliminate an ancient pagan cult of goddess worship, which survived underground throughout the Middle Ages. So Engels paints a picture of poor, oppressed peasants, who were really pagans, being subordinated and persecuted by the Inquisition and forced to adopt Christianity on pain of death, but persisting in their paganism and their love of cats, despite this oppression. Even back in the 1920s, scholars regarded Murray's thesis as complete nonsense, and no modern historian gives this fantasy any kind of credence. But Engels presents it in pages of lurid prose, as though it's all established fact. He also peddles other common historical myths. He declares scientists were also persecuted and killed. The intellectual institutions that were associated with paganism, such as the Museum and Library of Alexandria, were destroyed. The last great library in the city, the Daughter Library in the Serapeum, was burnt down by religious fanatics in 391. 
the last philosopher-scientist associated with the library, Hypatia, was murdered by rampaging monks in 415. According to contemporary sources, she was murdered because of her surpassing wisdom. This is, of course, all total nonsense. The Great Library ceased to exist thanks to a combination of neglect and the sacks of Alexandria by two fourth-century pagan Roman emperors, not because of anything to do with Christianity. None of the five accounts of the demolition of the Serapeum in 391 mention any library there, and there are other accounts that indicate the libraries it had once held no longer existed, and it was not burned. Hypatia was in no way the last philosopher-scientist. She was not associated with the Great Library in any way. She was not murdered by monks, and her killing was part of a political feud that had absolutely nothing to do with her status as a scholar. The contemporary sources actually say she was killed despite her renown as a learned person, not because of it. Engels is just rehearsing a cluster of often repeated nonsense. So not surprisingly, when he gets to the climax of this part of his book, He's big on assertions and lurid proclamations and light on anything remotely resembling evidence. He gives some patchy references to cats being associated with the devil and to later association of cats and witches, though he jumps all over a very long timeline while doing so, grabbing anything he can from across about 600 years and projecting much later evidence from the post-medieval witch craze of the 16th and 17th centuries back into the Middle Ages before the Black Death. As we've already seen, there was some association of worship of and kissing of an apparition of a black cat in medieval accounts of alleged devil worship. So Walter Mapp's Nugis Curialium gives a lurid and pretty fanciful account of the supposed ceremonies of devil worshippers, apparently given by ex-cult members. He writes, At the first watch of the night, their gates, doors and windows being shut, each family sits waiting in silence in each of their synagogues, and there descends by a rope which hangs in the midst a black cat of wondrous size. On sight of it, they put out their lights and do not sing or distinctly repeat hymns, but hum them with closed teeth and draw near to the place where they saw their master feeling after him. And when they have found him, they kiss him. The hotter their feelings, the lower their aim. Some go for his feet and most for his tail and privy parts. Then, as though this noisome contact unleashed their appetites, each lays hold of his neighbour and takes his fill of him or her for all his worth. This is pretty obviously not an actual cat that's being referred to, but Satan, or as Matt calls him, their master, in the form of a giant cat. So this tradition of Satanists worshipping him in the form of a black cat is also found a few decades later in the papal bull already discussed, Vox in Rama. In it, Pope Gregory gives an account of the supposed practices of the German devil worshippers he was condemning. The following rites of this pestilence are carried out. When any novice is to be received among them and enters the sect of the dam for the first time, the shape of a certain frog or toad appears to him. Some kiss this creature on the hindquarters and some on the mouth and they receive the tongue and saliva of the beast inside their mouths. Sometimes it appears unduly large, and sometimes equivalent to a goose or duck, and sometimes it even assumes the size of an oven. At length, when the novice has come forward, he is met by a man of wondrous pallor, who has black eyes, and is so emaciated thin that since his flesh has been wasted, seems to have remaining only skin drawn over his bone. The novice kisses him and feels cold like ice, and after the kiss, the memory of the Catholic faith totally disappears from his heart. Afterwards, they sit down to a meal, and when they have arisen from it, 
A certain statue, which is usual in a sect of this kind, a black cat, descends backwards with its tail erect. First the novice, next the master, and then each one of the order who are worthy and perfect kiss the cat on its buttocks. Then each returns to his place, and speaking certain responses, they incline their head towards the cat, forgive us, says the masters, and the one next to him repeats this, and a third responding, we know, master, and a fourth says, and we must obey. Again, we have a demonic manifestation in a satanic ceremony, taking the forms of a huge toad, a pale emaciated man, and our black cat. But as already noted, there's no evidence at all that this little-known decree caused any massacres of cats, or of toads, or thin, pale men for that matter. Of all the animals most associated with Satan in the Middle Ages, and later with witches in the early modern period, it's actually toads that are much more common than cats. Satan's coat of arms in medieval art was actually three green toads on a red background, and toads feature heavily in depictions of hell. During the early modern witch craze, witches were said to have all kinds of animals as their familiars, including toads, frogs, salamanders, dogs, foxes and bats, as well as cats. But Engels simply claims that this association of cats with diabolism and a few sources tainted cats generally, giving no actual evidence for this. He makes the claims we find repeated by Eva Marie Geigel and Neil deGrasse Tyson mentioned above about witches as wise women, persecuted because they kept cats and used brooms, and so were more hygienic than others. Leaving aside the fact that the witch craze came later and had absolutely nothing to do with wise women, cats and brooms, a broom was a commonplace item in pretty much any medieval home, and cats were everywhere. We can find them all over medieval art, in vast numbers of references, in poetry, literature and other documents, and we even find their paw prints smudging medieval manuscripts, showing that cats have been bothering their owners while they work for centuries. Medieval people seem to have liked cats as much or as little as modern people do. We have admiring references to their skill as hunters of rats and mice, and so protectors of grain stores. We have plenty of well-observed pictures of them in medieval manuscript eliminations. And we have affectionate tributes to them, like the 9th century Irish poem by a monk about his cat called Pango Ban, who hunts mice and amuses himself alone. In the 13th century text, the Akronawisa, a guide for female hermits, the ladies are addressed saying, you shall not possess any beast, my dear sisters, except only a cat. Unmarried cat ladies are also not a modern phenomenon. Overall, medieval people rather like cats. So it's not too surprising that when we would expect Engels to back his repeated claims that millions of cats were tortured and slain across Western Europe, he comes up with nothing much. He says, there are depictions of cats being killed in medieval art, and this evidence remains to be collected and analysed. The assumption is made, correctly in my opinion, based on artistic representations, folk traditions and contemporary documents such as Vox in Rama, the cats were massacred with their female owners in large numbers. The cat population was probably decimated, especially in towns where the culprits could be more easily rounded up. And that is about all he gives as his substantiation of his whole claim of a massacre of cats. It's an assumption. He even tells us that. 
And as we've seen, Voxin Rama is not evidence of any massacre of cats any more than it's evidence of a massacre of toads or anything else. Yes, there are medieval depictions of cats being killed, mainly the hunting of wild cats for their fur, which was prized as a lining or trim on warm clothing. The witch craze came centuries after the Black Death, as we've already discussed, and did not just target women, and no modern historian puts the numbers of victims anything like the hundreds of thousands claimed by Engels, even over several centuries. So Engels has presented a whole chapter full of wild claims about a massacre of cats, only to admit, in one paragraph, that this is simply an assumption that he happens to like. His basis for linking this fantasy cat massacre to the devastation of the Black Death is just as feeble. He says, For many years, historians of medicine have understood that the virtual elimination of cats in medieval towns beginning in the 13th century led to an explosion of the black rat population. This in turn increased the virulence of the disease. But have historians of medicine understood this for many years? Just a page earlier, Engels has admitted this virtual elimination was actually just an assumption. So who are these historians of medicine? He now claims are very certain that this happened and increased the impact of the Black Death. He gives a citation for this claim of Lois N. Magna, A History of Medicine, 1992, page 121. Which sounds authoritative until you actually check the reference in a fairly broad summary of the 1340s pandemic and the recurrences of the plague in the following centuries, Magna gives a summary of some of the measures adopted to combat the disease. During later outbreaks of plague, secular and clerical authorities attempted to limit the spread of the disease with prayers and quarantine regulations. Of course, infected rats had no respect for either approach. By the 15th century, Venice, Florence and other Italian cities had developed detailed public health measures. Less advanced states throughout Europe used the Italian system as a model for dealing with the epidemic disease. Unfortunately, well-meaning officials who formulated quarantine rules were ignorant of the natural history of plague. Some measures, such as the massacres of dogs and cats, were clearly counterproductive. So no, Magna is not talking about Engels' imaginary virtual elimination of cats in medieval towns. She refers only to local measures taken in towns hit by the plague, which in later outbreaks included killing stray animals. This was because these animals digging up and molesting the bodies of victims was thought to spread the bad air thought to cause the disease. So in the centuries after the Middle Ages, we do find some references to this kind of ordinance in response to plague outbreaks, but they seem to have been more aimed at dogs than cats. As historian Joseph Byrne notes, from the later 15th century, such observers as Marsiglio Ficchino began blaming animals, dogs that molested corpses made the most sense, for spreading plague, probably through miasma in their fur. In Edinburgh in 1499, a city ordinance required stray dogs, cats and pigs to be killed in reaction to an outbreak of disease, and this law was repeated in 1505 and 1585. We find a similar reaction in Seville in 1581, in London in 1563, and then again in 1665, where the victims were again mainly stray dogs rather than cats. Daniel Defoe's book, A Journal of the Plague Year, mentions the culling of stray dogs and cats in London in 1665. Though, once again, all this evidence is, as Magna says, all from later outbreaks of the plague and not from the time of the Black Death. Yet again, something that happened later is being hugely exaggerated and then projected back onto the Middle Ages. 
Engels finishes his book with a flourish, declaring Pope Innocent VIII officially excommunicated all cats and decreed any that were found in the possession of witches should be burned along with them. Again, that sounds pretty categorical, but again, if we follow the citation in Engels' endnote to this sentence, we get a paper not by the historians, but by two paleontologists. These scientists claim this excommunication happened in 1484, but wrongly attributed this alleged excommunication to Pope Innocent VII, who died in 1406. So they probably mean Innocent VIII, as Engels says. They in turn cite a Dutch author called Nakgebora and a book whose Dutch title translates as Humans and Pets. This does not seem to be a scholarly work and appears to simply repeat the supposed quote from Innocent VIII I referred to in my introduction about how the cat was the devil's favourite animal and an idol for all witches, except this quote can't be found in any document by Innocent VIII and appears to have been just made up. Yet again, Engels gives an illusion of scholarship, but his notes and citations lead absolutely nowhere. So this one very stupid book seems to be the origin of the myth. While there was some earlier vague idea about the church associating cats with the devil and claimed that they were killed along with witches, it seems to be Engels' strange little book that conflated a whole lot of myths and prejudices about the Middle Ages and the medieval church and mistaken and debunked ideas about the witch craze and medieval folk religion to create a complete fantasy story of a massacre of millions of cats and the devastation of the Black Death as a result. And so people who should know better, including certain scientists and some supposedly rational atheists, have lapped up this nonsense without bothering to subject it to critical scrutiny or even to think it through for a few moments. It's yet another example of bad history and a silly myth being presented as fact by people who are supposed to check these things, but often don't. See you again here soon. This has been another History for Atheists podcast. If you've enjoyed this show, please subscribe today. You can also subscribe to the History for Atheists YouTube channel for video versions of this and other shows. Or to the original History for Atheists blog for an even more extensive collection of detailed articles on how to avoid errors about religious history. Have a great day.